Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> And I remember sitting at the bar, and to my right was Hank Aaron, and to my left was Max Patkin, the clown prince. And he was telling stories about Bull Durham and when he was in the movie. And you know, Hank Aaron was there, and I said to myself, is this the is this the watershed moment? Do I do I act like a fan and tell him how great he is, or do I just act like he's any other, you know, yeah, iconic slugger sitting next to me? What's up, Deadhead crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I give you guys Pete Fish. He is the president of the High Point Rockers. But we go back, guys, we go back all the way to the beginning on when he was an operations intern for the Albany patrons of the basketball uh, basketball team up in, uh, in Albany, New York. That's where he got started. That's what his love for uh, sports really uh, got started. Then we moved down to when he started working in baseball for, you know, a couple of teams you guys may already know, the Carolina Mudcats, Hickory Crawdads, the Winston-Salem Warthogs. That's right. That same team that's known as the Dash. That's right. And then now uh, the Rockers. But without further ado, I'll give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Data Chronicles. My name is Ed. And with me, guys, today, I have the president of one of the coolest logos and brands out there, High Point Rockers, Peter Fish. How you doing, Pete? Doing well, Ed. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to come on the podcast. Uh, it is much, much appreciated. Uh, we're going to talk about the team. Obviously, we will. Uh, but uh, first, I want to get to know about you, my friend. Um, tell me. How'd you grow up, you know, loving this sport? Well, it's, it's funny. I, uh, you know, my, my father was in a big, was not a big baseball fan. I didn't, I really had nobody around me who was a big baseball fan except my older brother. And we kind of just became baseball fans. And, and, and I always wanted to play. I always wanted to be a major league player. I was one of the ones that learned early enough that I wasn't going to be a major league player. Same here. Probably, uh, you know, I realized that if the only thing you can do is bunt, but you're not fast, um, <laughs> then the bunting really doesn't mean anything. So, um, you know, I, I got into, I, I've, I've always had a love for baseball. I went to my first minor league game in 1975, the uh, Pittsfield Rangers, Pittsfield, Massachusetts against the Quebec Quebec City Metro's uh, Expos affiliate, double yeah. A, Eastern League. And they used to come to Albany, New York and play X. They'd play a regular season game at our local municipal stadium. And I didn't realize at the time they were kind of testing the market to see if Albany could ever host a team. Huh. And uh, they'd give out free tickets in the schools. And I'd always force my father to take me. 
and we had a we had a great time. Um, and I just fell in love with it. I said, I want to do this. I want to be around this. I want to. I, I was enthralled with the guys selling peanuts, and I was enthralled with just that you could actually have a job where you work around a game that you really love. And I was like, this is this is perfect. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's kind of where where it was born. And it's it's funny on my desk, I keep the foul ball that I got from that game right no here. No way. Um, and it's it's a McGregor. You know, no one uses a McGregor. <laughs> they don't use McGregor um, anymore. And it's how we got the foul ball. My brother and I got it. The foul ball was hit. And my brother was wrestling another kid. And my father came down acting as if he knew none of us. And he said, kids, break it up. You take the ball and get out of here. And he gave it to me. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's so I, I still have that ball on my desk. And, and it reminds me that, it, you know, it, it it all starts with exposing a kid to the game and bringing a kid to to the game and and seeing everything that goes on and and from there it's it's the only thing I've ever done really. I see that I I was uh, I was looking at your resume which is a very impressive resume. You you even you know did some uh, media relations and operations in uh, for the Rochester Americans in the hockey league. That was my yeah that when um you know I always wanted to be in sports so when I was in high school I actually we in Albany New York we got a. Continental Basketball Association team, the pre, uh, the predecessor to the uh, the G League, mm -hmm. and we I I wrote a letter to them to just say I want to know how you do things, what happens. So they invited me down, and turns out the guy I interviewed with had graduated with my brother from high school. We had all these ties, and I said, "Is there any other opportunities to volunteer?" And he said, "Volunteer? Yeah, okay, we'll take you if you want to work." <laughs> So the first thing they did was put me in the, the will call ticket booth. And uh, I happened to be there for a game where John Lucas, who had played at Maryland first, first round draft or number one draft pick. He had happened to come down to the CBA because he had some troubles in the NBA and it was his one game in the CBA. And I remember meeting him and um, the head coach for the Albany team was Phil Jackson. Wow. And that was his, that was his, the beginning of his coaching experience, his coaching career. Um, you know, and I thought, wow, this is, I can, I can be around this. And I was the only kid I was in 10th grade and I was showing up at four in the afternoon and I was getting, my dad would come pick me up at midnight to go home. I would go to school late the next morning. My parents were good about that, but I learned the business. And from that Albany got a baseball team. They got the Albany colony A's, yep. um, the double A team for the, for the Oakland A's in the Eastern league. And I had an opportunity to park, to park cars there. And it was uh, $3 an hour. And I could have cared less. $3 an hour was the youth youth pay for the youth jobs program. And uh, the best thing was everybody who came into the player lot where I worked, you had to check who they were. Oh, jeez. So, so I, I knew it was all the players and I knew it was coaches and that. So I'd act like dumb and every time and I'd say, okay, can I have your name? Mickey Tettleton. Okay, Mickey, you can park right over there. And these guys <laughs> would come in. And and I and I just got to know them and um, really enjoyed it. From that, it progressed to the next year. I was working in the stadium, uh, doing concessions, and then it went from concessions to working during the day, and then doing concessions at night. Um, and from that point, you know, I, I was kind of hooked, and that's and I did it every summer during college. And then when I graduated from college, I went to the winter meetings in 1988 in Atlanta with a buddy of mine who is still in baseball as well. 
and we shared a room and we went to the bar and we handed out resumes. And I remember sitting at the bar and to my right was Hank Aaron and to my left was Max Patkin, the clown prince. And he was telling stories about Bull Durham and when he was in the movie and, you know, Hank Aaron was there. And I said to myself, is this the, is this the watershed moment? Do I, do I act like a fan and tell him how great he is? Or do I just act like he's any other, you know, yeah, iconic slugger sitting next to me. And so I did not talk to him. I did not shake his hand. I just, just sat next to Hank Aaron and, and you that was soaked the, up the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it that's when I kind of realized, you know, that it's, it, you get, you can be a fan, but you also, if you're going to be in the business, you have to understand that mm-hmm. they're just regular human beings as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I interviewed there and I had, I had one interview and it was the, with the Columbus Mudcats of the Southern league in uh, Georgia. <laughs> and, uh, Obviously, they couldn't find anybody else because they said, could you could you start right as soon as you graduate college in May? I said, I'll do you one better. I'll come down for spring break. And if you'll fly me down, I'll come down for a week in February and I'll start getting things ready. And they said, you're going to run concessions. Have you ever done that? And I said, sure, of course. <laughs> I um, and, and, you know, then I figured, what did I get myself into? Um but I winged it and, um, you know, I was, I ran concessions for two seasons in Columbus, Georgia, and then we moved the team to Zebulon, North Carolina. And then from there, I, I uh, went from assistant general manager there to Hickory, North Carolina, and from there to be GM in Winston-Salem. And uh, when Winston-Salem sold, I stayed with the ownership group that had uh, three other teams, stayed with them. I managed a senior PGA golf event for him, um, you know, worked in college athletics, did just a little bit of everything. And, and uh, I've been very fortunate and blessed to be able to stay in the business all these years. And um, just, it it's gets under your skin and I, I don't, I don't know anything different. It's just what I've done. It, you know, it's funny. Cause I'm and like, I said, I was looking at the resume and I'm like, Oh my God, he was with the Winston Salem Warthogs. Like they, they weren't even the dash when you were there. And it's like, I mean, first of all, such a great name, like, you know, spirits before that and then Warthogs and then now Dash. And it's like, man, like, I'm sure you've seen like some cool stuff when you were, you know, still here in North Carolina. Well, so I, I have, I've been with the, the Mudcats, the Crawdads, the Warthogs, and now the Rockers, you know, so I've been, I was with the Mudcats when they were the first true logo, you know, yeah. the Durham Bulls were a big logo, but that came from the movie. The Mudcats introduced it in Columbus and CNN came down and did a story on the team about um, this sleepy Southern town revitalizing baseball with this creative nickname. (laughs) And we didn't know when it was going to run. Then one day in the office, the phone rang. Then it rang again. Then it rang again. And we realized it had run on CNN because it was people calling to get hats and the Mudcats you know, that Mudcat hat was a hot item. And uh, for, then then <clears throat> that team moved to to uh, Zebulon and it continued to stay hot. But that was the 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 dawn of of the, the merchandising was that Carolina Mudcats thing that was was organic. It wasn't there was no movie, uh, anything like that. It was very organic. So, you know, I said I went from being a Mudcat 
to a crawdad to a warthog. So I didn't know if I was going up the food chain or down the food chain. I just <laughs> right. thought I was in the food chain. <laughs> you are somewhere in there in between. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, you know, the, that was kind of the, the, the dawn of the, the logo being sellable. And you mm-hmm. had, so it became at the time, the Mudcats were the, were the exception. Some mm-hmm. odd name. Everybody else was, you know, Tigers, Indians, yep, Red Sox, Yankees, whatever was going to be the major league affiliate you were named. Yeah. Uh, when I got to Columbus, they were the Columbus Astros, um, which, you know, the Astro brand doesn't, didn't have a lot of cachet in like it does now. Yeah. In South Georgia. Mm-hmm. So then if you if fast forward 10 years from that time, the exception is the team that keeps the major league uh, nickname. Mm-hmm. And the Kinston Indians were an example of that. The Kinston Indians kept it while everybody else was changing to the Myrtle Beach Pelicans and the Winston-Salem Warthogs and the, the Salem Avalanche and, you know, the in the Carolina League. And the Kinston Indians were the one that kept that old um, major league name. So it's been it's been fun to watch it evolve. And, uh, you know, working in minor league baseball is like a fraternity. Yeah. You – you, you know a lot of people that you've dealt with and it, they get recycled. Uh, you know, I, I'm an example of that. You, you know, I, I was I stepped out of it and worked kind of in an administrative role and then got back into the day-to-day stuff. But it's funny when you see, you know, I saw you had Chuck Domino on yep. you know, a while ago. Um, I was I was in high school working in Albany when I remember Chuck was the, the young phenom for uh, the Reading Phillies. And yep. You know, and Chuck Chuck's still still contributing and doing great. You know, and now he's now he's in Frederick. Yeah. Um uh you know, just someone who is really a, a student student of this industry and has has brought so much to it. And there's guys like that. Um, you know, there's folks I can I can look at different teams and see guys I worked with or worked for. I can look at broadcasters and I can see broadcasters of mine that have moved on um, <laughs> you know, i'll see one doing an sec game on the espn and i think i remember when you know he he was he was making uh, a couple hundred bucks a month and um just trying to trying to cut it so it's fun to watch the progression of people teams cities um you know it if you look back at the late 70s early 80s the major league teams were were spinning off teams they didn't want to own them anymore yeah and then in the past probably five, six, seven years, they've been buying them and now they're selling them again. You know, so it goes, everything goes in cycles. Funny how that works now, right? How yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. very cyclical. Like, you know, you know, minor league thing is like the most famous thing there is. So like, you know, it's the popular thing. Uh, and like you said, you know, branding has become such a big part of the DNA that is minor league baseball mm-hmm. mark, you know, merchandising. I mean, obviously you're, you're, we're having a conversation and we were just talking about how many heads I have in different minor league teams. And it's just the same thing with, with a lot of these, you know, people that have been involved, you've been involved in different teams, Chuck Domino, right. You know, he's from Akron all the way to, you know, Fredericks. Like, it's just, it's good to see that there's people out there that believe in, in the brand that is minor league baseball, even if it's independent, which is the team that you're with now. I've, you know, I've, I've seen too many good things with minor league baseball, not for, to be passionate about it. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's an equalizer. 
Mm-hmm. You and I can sit at a game and watch it. And we're seeing the same thing on the field, yep. but we may have different opinions on it. We may mm-hmm. have different views, but at that time, you know, the CEO and the entry level worker are now talking about the same equalizing thing on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, it, no one comes to the ballpark to be upset, to be mad, to have a bad day. They come here to get away. They come here to, to have to a forget. good time. You know, they they just come here to to know that it's it's a place they can go and for, like you said, forget about things or um, connect. And uh, I, I you I I love to see that. You know, people always wonder how can I get people who tell me I can't get season tickets. How can I show up every night? I've got people that show up every night. Mm-hmm. We've got people that if they don't show up, we call the house to see where they were. Just making sure they're still good. You know, yeah, because we have some older season ticket holders. And when they don't show up, we'll make a phone call just to say, hey, not to not to scare you, but we just want to make sure you haven't missed a game in two years. Where were you? Oh, you know, so-and-so was feeling a little sick. Well, we need you back out here. <laughs> we used to have – we we have, uh, you know, a season ticket holder that will – um take public transit to get to the stadium and then someone will drive her home at night because um, she that's wants good. to be here. Yep. And, and we, and, and that's part of what we can do that you're never going to find somebody at the major league level. Who's going to take a, take a fan home yeah, or something like that. That's why this, you know, minor league baseball is a beautiful thing. It brings communities together and um, brings people together and, uh, um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a great thing to be a part of. So, so let me ask you this, uh, because obviously you're now part of an, an independent, you know, team, right. You know, this is something a little bit different than uh, what it was with, you know, with the affiliated team, what attracted you to the high point rockers and say, this is somewhere that I want to be. Well, I, you know, one thing I've been in this, I've been in this market for uh, 28 years. So I, mm-hmm. I, I'm at a point where I wanted to stay in one place. And I remember when High Point got the team and they built a stadium and I thought to myself, that'd be pretty cool to start yeah. something from scratch again. And I just said, ah, I'm, I'm good with what I'm doing. <laughs> right. But then when the position opened again, um, I actually inquired about it. Mm-hmm. A gentleman that's, you know, we're a nonprofit. We're a, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Okay. We don't have an owner. We have a board. Mm-hmm. One of the guys on the board I had known from years ago working at Wake Forest. And I had called him and I said, have you guys found anybody yet? And he goes, ah, I wish you would have called me about a week earlier. We just offered it to somebody and, you know, sorry. And I Jeez. thought, well, wasn't meant to be. And then he called me two days later and said, the guy didn't accept. Are you interested? What? Let's sit down and let's sit down and talk. And, and, uh, you know, just the things, things aligned. And, um, you know, I started here March 9th, 2020. If you want to recall specific dates, they canceled the ACC tournament on March 13th. They canceled the masters following that they canceled the baseball season following that. So I started, um, I brought COVID with me to <laughs> baseball, and but but the thing is, I stepped out of college athletics, at, and and I think about what my colleagues in in the collegiate uh, arena went through during COVID, and I probably there was something that told me this was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to during COVID we kept everybody employed. Um, That's amazing. We, our 
at being a nonprofit, our board of directors said, you know, our job is to keep everybody employed. How we did that is with the creativity of this staff I have of doing events at the stadium and making sure that this multi-purpose stadium that was only a year old and had only had one season under its belt could stay afloat. And we did everything from weddings to funerals to soccer, uh, baseball, softball, cricket. Um, we did comedy shows. We did uh, graduations. We did anything that needed an outdoor setting. And we opened our concession stand as a restaurant every day so people could come and eat outside. Um, we we rented the suites out if people wanted to have a work from home but not be at home, you know, something like that. I get and, it. Uh, it. It really was incredible that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that years from now of how teams kept kept going and kept afloat. Um, but it just shows you the resiliency of, of this industry. It, I was just going to say, it's funny how that worked out because it, it ended up being that a lot of minor league teams, you know, decided that, okay, so what are we going to do? We're not just going to just lay down and just die here. Like, you know, we got to survive. What are we going to do? And, you know, the, a lot of very ingenious things like, you know, be, uh, uh, Airbnb, it stay at, you know, overnight at the ballpark and things like that, that really was able, you guys were able to, um, survive. And, you know, like you said, your whole staff was in with you guys the whole time. And that's very commendable. Like that's, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really incredible. And it's something that I don't think we appreciated as much going through it. Now we look back at it and we realize what, what the group did because uh, mm -hmm. it wasn't a matter of, I, that's not part of my job or I don't do that. It says, what else can we do? And uh, I think it was just, it was partially fear Everybody was worried about losing a job, but, uh, you know, and I, and I mentioned the things and we, we joke about it, you know, weddings and funerals, but they couldn't, they couldn't have services for larger funerals in the church. So we yeah. had a local, there was a local high school baseball coach that we were close to that passed away and they wanted to have something where his students could attend, but they wouldn't allow it in the gymnasium at the school. So we did it at the stadium and spread folks out and we had five, 500 plus people. That's um, amazing. You know, we did we did some comedy shows on the field. We had Rob Schneider from Saturday Night Live. We he was on the field, and we just spread out tables like a Vegas show, so everybody <laughs> had distance. But and we had waitress service that brought down their food and beverage, and you know it was who would have ever who would have ever thought pre COVID that that would have made sense. It wouldn't That's, have made sense. Yeah, no, not at all. Like it, it doesn't now. It does right. Like you know we're looking back and you're like, my God, the things that we did to survive. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So let's talk about, obviously you're with the high point rockers, which is one of the most iconic logos out there, right? Like, I mean, it's something different. It stands out. You don't see a rocking chair with fire, you know, yeah. coming. You, you have 400 hats. I will challenge you to find one somewhere on that wall that has a piece of furniture on it. I, I don't yours you know, that's it when someone was the couch potatoes or something you know one of the one-offs but there's not another brand that i know of in professional sports that is a piece of furniture is what your logo is you're right i'm looking at it right now i'm turning around right now, now in there's my other teams called the rockers you know the the green bay rockers in the in the uh yeah but that's league. different though but, yeah but they're they're rock and roll we are we are a rocking chair and um, as goofy as it is, as, 
as people may look at it and, you know, why do I want to wear that? You know what? We're, it's one of a kind. You're not going to find a brand or anything that has has a rocking chair. So because, you know, I knew the rockers back when when they were their main logo was the HP, you know, uh, right. So like you, know, you, you guys have that logo mm -hmm. and then but have the chair as the other logo. Um, was your decision to, you know, say, hey, you know, I think we really should really bring this logo out to make more make it more unique for you guys that's exactly it because when i when i got here everything had the hp on it and they didn't yep. use the rocking chair although they had it they didn't use it and hp could stand for a lot of things mm -hmm. and, and and granted it represents high point but i learned this at wake forest that the wf put together is also used by a high school in the area another high school you know, in the eastern part of the state, so that WF could mean multiple things. Yep. An HP could mean multiple things as well, but that rocking chair means one thing. Yep, absolutely. And the 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 only objection was someone said, "Well, people are going to think we're we're more of a geriatric team, and it's you know, the rocking, <laughs> but, but the rocking chair is probably the most comfortable piece of furniture you can have." You know, when you want to relax and you sit on the front porch, you don't sit on a recliner on the front porch. You sit in a rocking chair. That you know, is there's, true. There's there's ties to that. So we made a concerted effort to go and and that is our logo. That mm -hmm. is our you know I view it as our brand. And uh, we we now we have it on um on our on our uh, game hats. We have a a blue hat that has the HP on it and a red hat that has the rocking chair. We have the rocking chair on the sleeve of jerseys. Uh, we put it on more merchandise. Um, we do it in, in our marketing. We use the rocking chair because that's kind of the, that's the identity in my mind. Hey, listen, it is. And I'm, I'm literally on your website right now on the merchandise site. It's like, it's part of the uh, baseball, uh, beer and baseball t-shirts. It's, it's on the, on some of the trucker hats, the hoodies, and even the polos that has the rocking chair on it. And like you said, it's unique and no one is going to, you know, make a, a a mistake by saying they're all, oh, no, that's, that's a different team. No, no, no. That is the high point rockers. It, it, you know, when, when you go with an animal, there's, um, and I've been with them, there's several different fish that are logos. Mm -hmm. There's several different bears that are logos. There's several different birds that are logos, but there are not several different types of furniture that are logos. And, uh, you know, high point is a, International Home Furnishings Capital, um, lots of furniture history there. The American Furniture uh, Manufacturers Hall of Fame is going to be here, you know, things like that. So there's a, as goofy as it may sound, that is the, that is the legacy of High Point, and that's what we're, we're playing off of is that legacy. I was just going to say, it's like, isn't that part of minor league baseball, right? Being uh, able to adopt and become entrenched in the, in the, in the community in which you're in. Right. Um, well, you know, I, I think that's the, that's, it gives you that ability to do that um, with, with whatever name, moniker, logo you, you get, you have that ability to truly identify with the community and, there's a lot of good ones out there. There's oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good ones. Um, and I love the ones that have some type of a story to it, mm -hmm. but it's not so far of a story that you have to manufacture the story to fit. Yep. It, it, it People can see that tie. And uh, 
when I was at Wake Forest, there was talks about getting rid of the the demon deacon head. Uh, it was, yeah. it was yeah. goofy and it was creepy and it was scary, you know, to kids. And I said, you know what? That is, but that's our goofy. Yeah. That's our scary. That's our creepy. You know, that's kind of the thing. And it's the same way with our rocking chair. It, it's it's our it's our goofy. And yeah. we should be proud of it. And we we have to defend that. And and I think uh um I remember I was involved with when the crawdads were named. The yep. Crawdads. Yep. And there were several names that were finalists, and we we sat around a the table. There was this large group, and we went through the names, and they they had the hound dogs. Mm. You know, okay, the the river rats, mm-hmm. the valley cats, and then they had the crawdads. Yep. And there were a couple of people that said, "Oh, I don't know about that." Ah. And myself and a guy who's with Charlotte Knights now, Marty Steele. Um, Marty was our general manager. And we both said, tell you what, let's keep that on the list. And as they started to think about it, they thought, you know, that's kind of interesting. I remember <laughs> going and catching crawdads in the creek and doing this. And so if you have that reaction, it makes sense to keep it. Because I could not see the Hickory team being the Valley Cats or the River no. Rats or the Hound Dogs. It was, it's, it's perfect as crawdads now. And uh, I remember when we named it crawdads, we'd get phone calls and people, I remember distinctively someone calling and saying, that name is terrible. It's disrespectful to the area. I don't know why you did it. And I said, I'm sorry, ma'am. And she said, how do I get a cap? Because <laughs> my son wants a cap. <laughs> thank you for your opinion and thank you for your credit card number as well. Yeah. We're going to, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll sell you that cap. So, um, but it's, and, and I remember it was, we joked about the names. Hickory is a furniture area too. And someone had submitted the name eight way hand tied sofa. Wow. There's just such a thing as an eight way hand tied sofa. And we joked and we thought, how would you ever fit that across a Jersey? And and would your logo just be a couch? Well, fast forward thirty years, now my logo is a rocking chair. So <laughs> I was just gonna I say, I, like, we were ahead of our time, <laughs> and it worked out. You exactly, know, exactly, exactly. And, and 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 as far as the Hickory Crawdads, I mean, that's a that's a very iconic you know name around here. Um, and to and to really not think of the team as, as that it's just it'll, be, it'll feel weird to be honest with you it's just like the carolina mudcats you know to to think of it as anything else um you know muddy the mudcat and and we we were the mudcats in columbus georgia we tried to create that theme we had we had the the we had the fish tank on the concourse with the big old catfish that was in there that we had caught in the chattahoochee river and um you know, we, we sold catfish sandwiches, you know, we tried that whole theme and uh, I couldn't think of it as anything different than the Carolina Mudcats. I was just going to say, it's like, you know, that, and that's, that's how a lot of teams, you know, they have something very specific to their name that they sell within that uh, the, the, the team and the ballpark. So, I mean, I think that's, I, that's amazing, right? Like you're, you are fully embracing what it is to, you know, be part of the high point rockers. And and that's amazing. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we tie rocking chairs in on the concourse. We've got them throughout the stadium. Um, 
we we give one away to a season ticket to anybody. We do it at the end of the year, you know. So that's kind of how we tie to that. But I think everybody with a it's great when you can tie your name to different things and themes you have within within the ballpark. Yep, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I hope you guys enjoy that episode with Pete. Now, this is part one, guys. Okay, you guys got to come back for part two. We talk about the team, some of the nuances of that relationship with the team, the league, and Major League Baseball. It was really good. Uh, it was a lot of cool uh, things that he uh, he shared with us here on the podcast. So you guys got to come back next week, and you guys got to listen to it. Okay? Now, here's my part where I got to, you know, do my uh, pay the bills and, you know, just let you guys know that uh, Baseball Barbecue is out there. Okay, if you guys go to www.baseballbarbecue.com forward slash dad hat, a portion of that sale will go to yours truly, and you know what I am going to do with that money, right? Buy more dad hats so I can show them off to you guys. That's right, not even gonna lie. But here's what I'll do on your first purchase, I will give you the code BBQ20. That'll give you 20% off of your first purchase. So that way you get uh, to, you know, save a little bit of money. All right. And now we get to the dad joke of the episode. And here it is What is the chair's favorite kind of TV show? Sitcoms. All right. All right. I see myself out. And until then, keep on grinding and always super to minor leagues. See ya. This podcast is part of the Curved Brand Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brand Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean, and I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrandmedia.com.